Hey all, thank you for tuning into Women Birders Happy Hour. My name is Hannah. I'm a birder, a woman, and someone that enjoys a good drink after a long day of birding. Women have been integral to birding since it started, but we haven't always been recognized for the contributions and impact we have. Men have dominated the guiding scene, festival circuit, leadership positions, and publications. And according to a U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service 2011 report, in the U.S., there were over 47 million birders. The majority of these birders are college-educated, they are white, they are women, and mostly are over the age of 55. And if you put all these factors together, we create the typical birder, a white, college-educated woman over the age of 55. And that's a demographic that I often see out birding, but I don't as frequently see as a speaker, a guide, or a sole publisher. Additionally, the voices of all women, BIPOC, and LGBTQ plus birders are not well represented in the birding voices we hear from. So I created this show to bring in more voices. Not to say that some of the regular festival keynotes aren't great, but there is room for others. And on the show, I'm asking everyday women from all walks of life to join me to discuss their experiences, their resources, and advice that they have for others. And I want you to remember that just because you may not have experienced some of these things, like sexism or gatekeeping, doesn't mean that they aren't real issues that others face. And because some of these conversations are best had over a cocktail or a mocktail, I also create a unique cocktail for each guest in case you want to mix yourself a drink and join us for this chat. Birding changes lives. I know it's changed my life for the better, and I'm a completely different person now than before I started birding. Tachi is an incredible woman birder whose life was also changed by birding. Uh, she lives in Brazil and has worked in conservation in her area, which has grown into a guiding company, Brazil Birding Experts, in which she gets the chance to experience nature and meet new people. And as she'll mention later in the episode, birding has definitely changed her life. It's given her the opportunity to do new things, go places, and meet people. And after all, birding is about more than just the birds. And so I think it's really cool when people, you know, really think about all of the things that's given them because it's, it's so much. <laughs> Crested caracaras are found um, from the southern U.S. south to the Terra del Fuego. They're a bird of prey in the falcon family. They are a very cool bird, one of my favorites. Um, a mix of dark brown on their belly, cap, thighs, most of the wings, and tail tips, and white elsewhere. They have bare facial skin, which is deep yellow. It's pinker in juveniles. Um, and they're described as a bold, opportunistic raptor that can be seen walking on the ground looking for food. They mainly carry on, but will also steal food from other raptors. They'll raid bird nests and take live prey. They're generally solitary, but will gather at large food sources. And they build a large open nest on the tops of trees and are the only falcon that actually collects material to build their nest. And it's interesting that in Florida, there's a, a relic population that dates back to the last glacial period. And at that time, the Gulf Coast in Florida was an oak savanna. And as the landscape has changed and savannas disappeared, some individuals remained in Florida and have continued the population, although now they are threatened. So I get a lot of enjoyment watching them fly. Um, I saw them a lot when I was living in Texas and they have these strong, slow wing beats, which always reminded me of paddling a canoe. I would always watch them fly and just kind of barely move, you know, the tips of their wings as they glide um, along the landscape. And it's like paddling on one side and then they'll tip to the other side and paddle that way a little bit. 
Um, they're just such a fun bird to watch and just such an interesting one to learn more about. So here is your Crested Caracara cocktail. It's three ounces of fresh squeezed Caracara orange juice, which is a variety of orange. However, if they're not in season like they aren't right now when I'm recording this, um, you just use your favorite orange variety species. Um, two ounces of silver tequila, an ounce of triple sec, one ounce of lime juice, and a quarter ounce of simple syrup. You can modify that based on how sweet your orange is. So it's very easy. Just put it all into a cocktail shaker, shake, 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 and pour it into a glass. You could salt the rim if you want, um, but it creates a delicious orange margarita. Um, I went with this because margaritas are very versatile cocktails and the Crested Caracaras are very versatile birds. And then of course that orange um, variant that you can get is called a Caracara. So that's the perfect cherry on top for your Crested Caracara cocktail. Um, so it's delicious, it's fresh, and you know, just <laughs> makes me think about how much I want to see a Caracara. So sit back, enjoy a glass of this or whatever you have and enjoy this chat with Tachi. So Tachi, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Would you please tell everyone who you are? Oh, I am a Brazilian bird watcher. And I used to say that bird watching is my lifestyle. <laughs> I live in a very, very small village in the middle of Atlantic forest in Southeastern Brazil. And I spent, I think, almost 10 years working for bird conservation uh, at BirdLife International here in Brazil. It's an NGO called Save Brazil. And after that, I just want to refresh and do something new. And then I started a company with my husband and a friend. It's called Brazil Birding Experts. And since 2018, I am guiding and working in the company. Wow, that's really cool. So is it a pretty busy guide business? Do you have a lot of people come? Yeah, before the, the pandemic, we were really, really busy. I was kind of four months without seeing my, my husband. We were kind of have two or three days among one tour and in between the tours and was really, really busy. But after that, I had a, a baby and the pandemic came and was for me, I would have to stay at home with the baby. Mm -hmm. So I just came back to to work now last last week. Oh, wow. So you've had a pretty busy couple <laughs> yeah. of years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so how long have you been birding and how did you get started birding? Mm, I'm birding for 17 years and... I always liked birds. I, I have a memory when I was a kid that I just used to, to eat something. My, my mom had to take me to the backyard and show me the rufous colored sparrows. And then when I saw them, I, she just gave me something Then I eat. And I, I all, always loved to go to nature and see birds. And then when I started biology, uh, I started an internship with bird viruses. And then my advisor told me, oh, would you like to go to a Brazilian Ornithological Congress? And then I said, oh, sure, <laughs> why not? I really want to go. 
And then when I arrived there, I saw many people watching birds and hearing the songs and saying, oh, this isn't this, it's in that. And then I was, oh, it's so nice. They know birds by their songs. They know every single bird. I want to do that. And then <laughs> in the same Congress, me and some friends, we went to a piece of forest close to the, the place of the Congress. And we could see one magical scene. It was uh, four or five blue mannequins and they were dancing. So they, they were in like dancing. It was kind of my first observation as starting bird watching. Then I was, oh, it's amazing. That's really the way that I wanna follow in my life. And then in this Congress, I also met many people that were bird watchers and ornithologists. And then since there, I went to many places to go birding and it was really, really nice. Well, that's super cool. Wow, you've had so many neat experiences. Um, so when you go out birding by yourself or with your husband, what does a day of birding look like for you? Well, before we have the baby, <laughs> it, it was we wake up early, get our, our equipments like binoculars, recorder and microphone. But now I just replaced the recorder and the microphone by a camera i'm new as photographing and then we we like just to go how can i say slowly just hearing who is singing who is showing up without use many playback we just use if if we need with if we want to see some bird that's very discreet and but we like to see what what shows up and but it's very it changes a lot because when i am guiding it's another style of birding in general people has have their target lists so we go for that specific birds and it's really cool i, I like all these kinds of bird watching <laughs> well that's awesome um so what has been some of your biggest influences in birding Oh, I think um, what most influenced me is because when we, we are birding, we are in nature and we never know what what will happen. <laughs> we, we have some expectations. Oh, we know in that area there are these and these birds and I have the chance to see them, but we never know how we'll see them, if they will show up a new be behavior for us. So I think it's the this su surprise factor that most attracts me and that it's always a new thing to see. <laughs> I I totally <laughs> agree. You know, I I find a bird doing something weird and then it's like, whoa, I thought I knew birds and <laughs> and then it's like, yeah. where did this come from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really nice. All always new things to see. <laughs> So what is it like to be a woman birder in your area? Well, it's it's challenging <laughs> because in general, um, the when you are a woman and you go birding with your friends, uh, I remember when I, I started, were few women. Uh, all the birding tours that I joined, bird walks, I was kind of one or two two women. And 
And in that time, I didn't realize many things. But now I, I see that um, if you say an ID, the man, they just the, the, doesn't hear you. And if another may, man say the same ID, oh, okay, it's that bird. <laughs> so it happens a lot. And because of this, and the women are just underrepresented, like in, for guides in Brazil, we have only 20% of women as bird watching guides. So it's very, very low. And we have now a networking of women in birding and ornithology. Oh, cool. It's called Ornito Mulheres. And then we are trying to get a lot of action and research to show that we need more representativeness of women in both areas, bird watching and, and ornithology, and to show more women what women are doing, that they have brilliant and marvelous works that never shows up for everybody. Because when there is some opportunity, the men's are the spokesperson. So I think we have a long way, but we already had some achievement. But still, many, many women that are just starting, they sometimes hear something very, very discouraging from their advisors or from fellows that just say, oh, it's not for women. You never learn the songs. And some people just give up. Then we have a long way, but I think we are starting to do something and to look at this um, at this situation because some years ago nobody talks about this we just felt and it was for ourselves and now women are getting together and talking and spreading the word yeah it sounds like you have a really good foundation about you know being thoughtful in how to to advance you know more women birders that's really cool so what advice do you have for other women birders uh, just do not give up. If you hear something discouraging, just uh, put yourself. And I think sometimes we we learn that, oh, if somebody tells you something, you as a woman, you just have to hear it and you can't respond anything. And then I, I think we have to put ourselves. And if you, if you like birding, if you want to go birding, so just do it and don't hear the, what the men are telling you. And if you think that they're being aggressive or something, just tell them how, how you feel and go ahead. Do not give up of your dreams. And I think that's it. That's great advice. <laughs> so how can we as more experienced women birders be more supportive of others? Yeah, I think that... Um, when we organize as a group with people from all, all levels, like people that are birding for many years or ornithologists and women that are just starting, if we create a community of support to mentor other people, to learning exchange and to talk, even to talk about what, what we, we passed, what the reports about, um, kind of sexist comments, these things to create a, an environment that other other women can support each other. I think it, it's really, really good. And also 
I think these spaces, as this podcast that you created, are really, really great to support women and to show that there are many women doing a lot of work, really nice. And then I think that's the the way. Me too. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you've done a lot in the birding community. You've guided, you've worked in, you know, ornithological fields. Do you feel that you found your place in the birding community? Yeah, now, now I feel that, that I, for now, <laughs> I find it, I, I don't know if it will change again, because I really love to work with conservation and ornithology, but now I'm really, really happy guiding because I love to be in the field, but I also love to know new people and to talk with people. I always loved people because when I worked with bird conservation, I was with more the with the people part. <laughs> then <laughs> I, I like to combine birding people and to be in nature. So I think now I am at my place. <laughs> so what has been your most memorable bird or birding experience? Well, it was very many memorable that I just met, could find rare birds and rare rare behaviors, but the most memorable for me was many, many years ago, I went birding alone, just with, with a guide that I find in a national park, Canastra National Park in Minas Gerais State. It's an area of Cerrado, that's a kind of savanna habitat. And there, there is a, one of the most threatened ducks in the world, the Brazilian merganser. Then I was trying to see this bird. For me, that was the, the main target that I would like to see in that spot. And then we were by the, the river where it shows up. And then a southern caracara just arrived and landed close by to us. And then I just moved a bit to, to try to get an, another angle to see the river. And then I flushed a uh, spotted Notura, a young, and then it flew and it just landed by the caracara. And the caracara got the Notura, flew, <laughs> flew to a, a rock and started to vocalize. And then came another individual of caracara and the one with the Notura gave the Notura to the other just went to his back, they copulate, and then the female just flew away with the natura. Then I, I was, oh, I can't believe that I saw that, because for me, it was the kind of thing that I would never see in nature. For me, it was like a Net Geo or <laughs> any documentary. Then I was really, really happy, and I never forget this, this moment. Every time that I go to this spot, I just remember everything. It's really nice. Well, that's super cool. But you never saw the Brazilian merganser? I, I saw oh. it <laughs> a bit later. Then I, I told to the guy, oh, we we just, we were responsible for the, the natural dies. And he told me, oh, be, be okay. Because the caracara was looking for the, the babies of the merganser. So <laughs> it was better. It takes the natural. And then... After a bit that they, the Caracara left the place, the Mary Gunser came with four young babies. Oh, with, wow. Yeah, 
for youngs. Yeah, it was really nice. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you hope to see in the future of birding? Um, I hope to see more women in positions of decision making and protagonism in birding and ornithology. And also, I really want to see more birders here in Brazil, and but not only people that go bird watching, but also people that are kind of active in their communities regarding conservation and uh, of that are really caring about environmental issues and natural resources conservation. That's that's what I I really want for the future. Yeah, I hope I hope that happens. Um, I, <laughs> you're talking me into coming down to see Brazil, <laughs> so maybe I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> what has been the most valuable thing you've learned from birding? Oh, I think it's the patience, <laughs> and that I don't have control of anything <laughs> because uh, <laughs> I I really believe when we are birding, we learn a lot about ourselves because we we see how, how it's always our state of mind because if sometimes you go for a bird and it's it's just taking some time to appear you, you can feel if you are too anxious too intolerant or if you are just calm and without many expectations so i think to to see birds we need to be patient and because the, the nature has his own time. And obviously that when we go to the field, we apply techniques, we know what to do to attract different kinds of birds, but even all this knowledge and strategy, sometimes it just doesn't work. The birds have, have their own rhythm and we have to follow this and, and accept it that the things do not happen as we imagine or as we expect. So I think that's the, the most, these two things, patience and that we don't have control or the, the most, the, the things that the birds teach me every day. <laughs> that's a good point. I know I like go out to go find a specific bird and end up, you know, not seeing it or dipping on it. And that's a good thing to remember is that I don't have control over this. Like, I, I can't help that the bird wasn't there that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can know everything that we know, but sometimes they just doesn't appear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what is it about birding that keeps you coming back for more? Yeah, I think it's the unexpected moments because... We always have some idea about the birds that we will find, but we never know what's working for us. And often we have astonishing surprises. Then I think it's the, and also to be in the outdoors brings a lot of peace and happiness for me. If, if I'm a bit stressed and I just go out, see the birds, then I'm new again. <laughs> so and it's another thing that's very, very important about birding for me. That's the interaction with people because many friends that I have today, they came from birding, from bird watching. And uh, I used to say that 
after I started go boarding, my my life changed a lot and for much better. I have many, many nice friends and even I got a husband. So <laughs> that gave me a little kid, very nice. So it's, I think it, it, this environment of boarding is really, really good. Well, that's wonderful. So if anyone wants to find out more about you and the cool things that you do, how would they, um, how would they do that? Uh, they, I am on Instagram. It's Tachi Pongilupi. And I am also at Facebook as the same name. Okay. Well, awesome. I think our, they just, they just can go to my company website, Brazil Birding Experts and get in contact through there that I will answer. Okay, awesome. Yeah, and I'll include all those in the show notes if anybody wants to find out more about you. Well, thank you so much, Taji, for joining me for this episode. Oh, and thank you very much for inviting me and for this wonderful work that you are doing for women. It's really, really good that somebody is thinking, give space for women to say about their, their work and their daily life. It's really, really good. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. So thank you, Tachi, for joining me for this episode. It was so much fun to chat with you and learn about all of the amazing things that you're doing in Brazil and ways in which um, Brazil women birders are looking out for each other. So thank you for joining me and thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and maybe learned something. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Music, and anywhere else you listen to me. If you'd like to connect with me on the socials, you can follow me at Hannah Goes Birding on Instagram. My Twitter is at WomenBirdersHH, or you can email me at WomenBirders at gmail.com. I also have resources and information on GoBirdingPodcast.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to seeing you at the next chat.